Please take your Bibles and turn with me this evening to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2 as we continue moving through this great Old Testament minor prophet. You've probably heard this story uh, in the news uh, a couple weeks ago in North Korea about 80 people were executed. The North Korean government gathered together some criminals who they determined would be criminals and took them to different stadiums in large cities throughout the country. And they demanded that the citizens of the country go to these stadiums. Uh, And so men and women, boys and girls were forced to go to these stadiums And at these different places all throughout the country, they executed these 80 people. And one of the crimes that these people were executed for was the crime, the evil of possessing a Bible. Stories like this, and there are thousands others, remind us that we live in an evil world. We live in a world that we are constantly surrounded by the reality that we are in an evil world. And it's not something that is just far off and secluded in North Korea, but that is all around us. There is evil and murders and rape and abuse and all these things that we see on TV. There is evil in hatred and injustice. There is There is evil in racism and in suffering. And constantly around us, we live within a world that is plagued by evil. And I have no doubt that you have experienced evil within your own life, in which your life has been touched by the realities of the evil and the suffering and the horrible things that exist in this world. And the reality is is that this will not change while you live in this world. Our world will continue to be an evil world in which evil and horrible things happen. And if you are not experiencing the reality of this evil world right now, you will at some point in your future. Now that is the bad news. Scripture is very clear on that. The good news, as we're going to deal with tonight, is that God has not left us blind as we walk through this evil world. Our God has not left us to stumble along and to figure out this on our own. Our God has not left us to just move through this world without understanding that he is sovereign over everything. The book of Habakkuk is a picture for us of how we are to walk, how we are to live in the midst of a world that is given over to evil. It gives us a a paradigm, an example for how you and I can be men and women who live godly lives, faithful lives, in the midst of a world in which evil is constantly pressing against us. As we saw in chapter 1, as we dealt with this book, it reminds us that God is sovereign over history. How do we understand history? How do we understand the events of the world around us? How do we understand the news that we see on the TV? We understand it by realizing that our God is sovereign over all those things that we see on the news. All those things that we experience in our lives, God is sovereign over those things and all of history itself. There is nothing 
that happens in this world in which God does not still reign on his throne as sovereign Lord. So as Habakkuk is, at the beginning of this book, wrestling with how God can be sovereign and these things still go on, there's still so much evil in the world, God tells Habakkuk what to do. He says, in the midst of all this evil that you're seeing and everything that is going on and everything that is going to be coming, here is what you do, Habakkuk. You walk by faith. The righteous man, the just man, walks by faith. Though evil strikes you, though you experience this in your country, though all else fail about you, you, Habakkuk, walk by faith. Tonight, I want us to see how Habakkuk shows us how how you and I walk by faith in the midst of an uncertain world, in the midst of an evil world, in the midst of all these troubles that go on around us. How do we walk by faith? How do we live by faith when it seems like everything is falling apart, when your life is falling apart around you, when you face these struggles, when evil is pressing in upon you? First of all, first, remember that God has not left you to figure this out on your own. God has not left you blind to figure this all out on your own. The major theme of Habakkuk is is found in in Habakkuk 2, verse 4. This is what uh, Todd dealt with last week. Uh, It says that the righteous will live by faith. Uh, in, In light of everything that Habakkuk has been experiencing, everything that God has said is getting ready to come uh, to the people of Judah, and all the evil that, that has been described, God says, the righteous man, you, Habakkuk, live by faith. Trust me in the midst of everything that is taking place right now, everything that is coming, live by faith. Now here's the thing. The book of Habakkuk could have ended right there. God had clearly said, this is what the righteous man does, live by faith. And so Habakkuk could have ended with that statement. Habakkuk had been complaining to God, remember that in chapter 1? He'd been, he'd been laying his case before God about what he had seen. Uh, and so he cries out to God and says, How long, O Lord, will I call for help? And will you not hear? I cry out to you violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists. Convent, contention arises. The law is ignored. Justice is never upheld. The wicked surround the righteous. Justice comes out perverted. This is, the, this is the complaint that Habakkuk lays out to God. And, and then God lays out this answer that stuns Habakkuk. God says, you would not believe what I'm getting ready to do. And it is not the response that Habakkuk wanted. Because God goes on to lay out how there is going to be an empire, a nation that rises up and comes and overtakes Judah. And brings destruction upon them. He, he talks about this, this warlike people who are going to come and bring all this devastation, all this destruction. And, and he says, get ready, Habakkuk. I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. And Habakkuk stands back stunned and he wonders. And he asks himself and thinks about this. But God, aren't you the holy one? Aren't you the righteous one? Aren't you the one who is sovereign over all things? God, I don't understand how these things can be taking place. And that's where this answer comes in from God, where he says, Habakkuk, write down what I'm getting ready to tell you. Here's the vision. Write it down. The just man lives by faith. 
you're a righteous man, you will live by faith. And the book of Habakkuk could have ended right there because God had said everything that was required. It's saying, I'm sovereign, I'm in control. Now Habakkuk, you go live in light of me being in control. But we don't see Habakkuk ending there. We see God continuing to show things to Habakkuk, showing him what it means to walk by faith. And that's where I want us to pick up tonight. Habakkuk chapter 2, starting at verse 6. This comes right after where God has said, live by faith. And so we're going to look at this passage a little bit more in depth in a minute. But I want you just to scan through these verses for just a moment. And, and you're going to see, starting at verse 6, going all the way through verse 20, a word that is repeated over and over. So if you look at like uh, verse 6, uh, verse 9, verse 12, verse 15, verse 19, there's a word that keeps coming up there. What, what's the word that keeps coming up? Yeah, most of your versions are going to say woe. Uh, the, these woes that keep coming up where God is speaking, telling Habakkuk these things that are getting, re- that are getting ready to happen. He says, woe on Babylon for these different things. What, what scholars call this is woe oracles. This, this taunt that God is giving, saying that this is what's getting ready to happen. This is what's coming uh, upon the empire uh, of Babylon. Uh, and so here in this, we're going to see uh, all through these that God is promising that he's going to bring destruction on Babylon. He, he cites the sins that they've committed, and, and then immediately after, he tells, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm going to bring destruction upon you. Uh, and so here's the question that I want us to think about tonight. Why does God tell this to Habakkuk? Right after where God says, walk by faith. Why does God immediately turn to saying, all right, here's what I'm going to do to Babylon? I think, I think the answer is that it may be that, that God is giving Habakkuk the means whereby he can walk by faith. He's saying, Habakkuk, walk by faith, but I tell you, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to bring about the end to Babylon. So you can, you can walk in faith knowing that I am going to take care of this. I am going to bring this all to an end. And, and so everything that we, that we see here is, is God showing Habakkuk how he can walk by faith by knowing that God will bring all this evil to an end. He will deal with it once and for all as he brings an end to Babylon. You see, this is a pattern that we see repeated in Scripture, where not only does God give a command, but he tells the means whereby we are to live out that command. Uh, think about what Todd just read just a few minutes ago with the, the, the model prayer that we call it. Did Jesus just say, all right, go pray, and then give no instruction about it? No, he said, pray, but then here is the means that you're, here's how you are to go pray. All right, think about uh, the Great Commission. We, we are given this great command that we are to go out and make disciples of all nations. But there's so much that, that is within that. And so we start thinking to ourselves, how do we how do, we do that? How, how do we go out to all nations? This is a, a daunting task that's placed before us. How can we even know that the nations will turn to Christ? How can we have hope that they will believe that there is this man 
who was a carpenter who died on a cross 2,000 years ago but was raised again and came back to life. How are they ever going to believe that is true? Because we are given the promise in Revelation chapter 7. You remember this great throne room vision? There are people from, from what? Every tribe and tongue and nation and people. So is it possible that we have been given this command, go make disciples of all nations, but God gives us a picture of the reality of what the future holds so that we can go out in boldness, go out in in confidence that if we go to this unreached tribe, there are going to be people coming out of it because God has promised there will be people who are from every tribe, tongue, nation, people who will be worshiping around the kingdom around that throne where the kingdom is consummated. So can we go out in confidence uh, to these nations, risking our lives for the sake of the gospel? Absolutely, because we know what God is going to do. Think about the book of Revelation as a whole. This is written to a group of suffering Christians. People who are in the first century who have their, their lives being destroyed, losing their property, being thrown in prison, facing the threat of death at the hands of of the Jews and of the Roman Empire. Why would God give them the book of Revelation? So that they can have this picture and know that God is going to bring this once and final forever victory over evil in the world and he is going to bring all things to a consummation. So that they can stand firm in the midst of their suffering. They can still be bold for the sake of the gospel. They can stand against the emperor who is trying to kill them, knowing that God will have victory in the end. Now, so now we look back at what God is telling Habakkuk right here in Habakkuk chapter 2. Could it not be the case that God is saying, I will have victory over Babylon. So Habakkuk, you can walk in faith in the midst of everything that you are going to face, knowing that I will win in the end. This is the message that God gives here. Our God has not left us to walk in this world blindly, unknowingly how to live by faith. He has given us the message that we can walk by faith knowing that our God reigns and that he will have final victory over all things. Amen? We can know that. And so not only does our God command us to say walk by faith, but our God gives us the means whereby we may do that. And and so that's what we're going to dive into here in the book of of Habakkuk. We understand that knowing how God deals with evil helps us to live in the midst of an evil world. Knowing how God ultimately, finally will deal with evil helps me and you walk by faith as we live in this world in which evil is constantly pressing in upon us. All right, so keeping that in mind, I want you to I want you to remember what Habakkuk has heard from God and just keep that in the back of your mind that God has told Habakkuk that that this nation is going to come in. He describes them as uh, a people who has horses swifter than leopards, who are coming for violence, who gather captives like the sand, who are going to pile up the earth, they're going to destroy the fortresses. That this, this is the kind of people who are coming in. They're coming for Judah, and that there is nothing that Judah can do to stop them. And in the face of that, God now pronounces these woes that are going to come upon the people of Babylon. And so that's where we are here in chapter 2, picking up at verse 6. Uh, typically, 
uh, as, as scholars look at this passage, they divide up these five woes into two different groups. We have uh, the first three woes that go uh, from verses 6 through 14, and then verses 15 through 20 are two separate woes that go along with that. So, so we're going to pick up with this first group, starting in verse uh, 6. And I want you to just hear, listen to the word of the Lord this evening. God speaking here. Will not all of these take up a taunt song against him? even mockery and insinuations against him, and say, woe to him who increases what is not his. For how long, and makes himself rich with loans, will not your creditors rise up suddenly, and those who collect from you awaken? Indeed, they will become plunder for them, because you have looted many nations. All the remainder of the peoples will loot you, because of the bloodshed and violence done to this land, to the town and all its inhabitants. Next woe. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to put his house, his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of calamity. You have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many peoples, so you are sinning against your health, yourself. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall. The rafter will answer it from the framework. Next woe. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with violence. Is it not indeed from the Lord of hosts that people toil for fire and nations grow weary for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Here we have these three different woes. And so the way this is broken up, it starts, it starts out with a woe uh, against uh, Babylon, saying this is, this is what you have done, this is the evil you committed. And, and then in consequence to that, it says, here is the punishment that's coming upon you for the woe that you just did. So let's look at some of these woes here and what, uh, what God is saying that they have done. Uh, and so in, uh, in verse uh, 6 there, uh, it's saying that, uh, that they are making themselves rich. Babylon is making themselves rich and, and large and powerful off the backs of other people, off the backs of these other nations. So what they would do is they would go in and they would oppress these nations, they would take over them, and they would take all the riches from these smaller nations for themselves, to enrich themselves. Uh, and so move on to verse 9 and, and look there. What, what is God siding against them in verse 9. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his, for his house. They, uh, this is going back to them getting this unjust gain. They, they're seeking to build their nest on high. It's this image uh, of them trying to, like a bird, put its nest on high in the trees so predators can't get to it. They are seeking to build their empire in such a way that no one else can challenge them. Uh, so they make themselves the largest, strongest, most powerful people uh, in that area. And so the way they would do this is they would go in, wipe out the people. If they've wiped out all their enemies, well, who is there to stand against them? They're building their nest, their empire on high, so no one can possibly bring them down. And verse 12, woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed. This, this is an empire that is known for their cruelty known for the, the evil things that they did, going in, raping, pillaging, murdering, burning down the city so that they can build up themselves as the greatest, most powerful empire. So God says, woe upon you for all this evil that you are doing. And so for each of these woes, he says, here's what I will do to you. Verses 8 and 9. You looted the nations, you went in, you wiped out these cities and took all their wealth for yourself as you killed the people, burned down the cities. And so what I will do is I will loot you. You will become plunder as I send in people to wipe you out. 
They say in verse, uh, verse 11, you've tried to make your empire secure. You've built your nest on high. But let me tell you, the very stones and rafters of your cities are going to cry out against you. The very created order itself cries out against your evil and all that you have done. You've brought unjust gain. You've gone in and you've murdered and you've pillaged. You've made your empire by bloodshed. But I tell you that I will bring you down. And this is where we get the culmination here in verse 14. That God says, you have been seeking to fill the world with your glory and increasing your empire. But the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Babylon, do you think that you are able to stand against the glory and the might of Lord God Almighty? You are making yourself up on high. You are doing all this. But let me tell you, my purpose is to bring glory to myself. And my glory will stretch all across this world and nothing will stop it. As the water's rushing forth, I will cover this world with my glory. And there is nothing that will stop that. And my purpose will stand. That which stands counter to me will be brought down. You are opposed to my glory. You will be brought down. Because my glory will reign supreme. This is what we know for certain. Evil will not stand before the glory of the Lord forever. Our God will bring down every single evil of this world. Whether he chooses to do that now in the time that we are here, or whether he chooses to do that at the very final judgment, there will come a point where God's glory washes over this world and there will be no more evil as our God reigns forever over this world. This is the promise that we have from God. This is the hope that we have in the midst of an evil world, in the midst of so much suffering and and hurt and, and evil that is going on all around us in our lives and in this world. And so this is what God pronounces on Babylon. You brought this greed and injustice and all these things. I am going to bring my glory over all the face of the earth. And and so what does God do in in these next verses? Pick up in verse 15. It says, Woe to you who made your neighbors drink, who mix in your venom even to make them drunk, so as to look on their nakedness. You will be filled with disgrace rather than honor. Now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. The cup in the Lord's hand will come around to you, and utter disgrace will come upon your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, the devastation of its beasts by which you have terrified them, because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the town and all its inhabitants. What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it, or an image, a teacher of falsehood? For its maker trusts in his own handiwork when he fashions speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a piece of wood, awake, to a mute stone, arise. And that is your teacher? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver. There's no breath at all inside it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
God speaks these woes against them. You, you've gone in and you made your neighbors drunk. You, you have gone in and wiped out the people, and all you leave is carnage behind you. You've gone in and you've, you've done a, a violence against the people. There's devastation. You've terrified all these lands. The greatest cosmic sin in the world, they're committing idolatry uh, in verse 18. They're bowing down to these false gods, to wood and stone and metal, and bowing down to them, saying, you are our gods. And through it all, God says, I am in my holy temple. I am here reigning over all things. You see, there is coming a point in which all of creation will recognize that God is in his temple and he reigns forever. There will come a point where every empire is brought down and recognizes that God is king. There's a point where every leader in the world will bow and say he is the king. There's a point they're coming where every single knee will bow and declare that Christ is Lord. And this, this is the future hope that we have, knowing that God will do this. And we, in a, in a world in which we constantly live surrounded by evil, when we see wars and bombings and murder and hatred and loss of life and injustice and on and on, these certain things that are going on around us, we live in the midst of evil. We live in the midst of an evil that strikes us. See, this wasn't something that was just out there for Habakkuk. God told Habakkuk, Babylon is coming. It wasn't right at that moment. But a few years down the road, Babylon was coming. And, and so, how would Habakkuk walk by faith when they came? How would Habakkuk walk by faith in God when he starts to hear that there is this new empire that's gobbling up the nations around them? How is Habakkuk going to walk by faith when he starts noticing that the cities surrounding are living in terror? How is Habakkuk going to walk by faith when he sees that the armies are starting to take over these cities? How is Habakkuk going to walk by faith when they're standing outside of Jerusalem itself? When the siege begins? And when the suffering really hits? Habakkuk didn't know when this would come. But he did know what would happen. He did know that in the end, his God would bring their evil to an end. So, brothers and sisters, you do not live in a world in which the evil is just out there somewhere. You live in a world in which evil will strike your life, in which you will endure suffering and heartache and many difficult things. And so I don't know what you are facing right now. I don't know what you may be facing in the future. And, and I, I, I don't even... I can't even say why those things will come. Job didn't know why suffering came to his life. But I can tell you one thing that you do need to know. 
And that one thing is that God reigns. And he will bring all evil to an end. There will come a point where our God says no more. Where the specific evil that you face, it will be either no more because he deals with it right then and there, or it will be no more because he returns and he brings all evil to an end. That there will be no more because he has ended it all. And so I don't know what you are facing or what will be coming in your life, but I do know that, that God has not left us blind in how we are to walk by faith, but that you can walk by faith in the midst of an evil world knowing that your God reigns and will have victory over it. As the British preacher Martin Lloyd-Jones was preaching through the book of Habakkuk, he said that there are two ways that we can look at, at the course of history and evil that that comes through history and in our lives. He, he said, first of all, we can try to figure it out on our own. We can, we can use our reasoning, and we can use uh, the best experts, and, and we can look to all the sources out there, and we can try to figure out why all this is happening and try to determine how we're supposed to live that way. Or we can look at the world through the lens of faith knowing that our God reigns, that he will bring it all to an end, and so because of that, we walk in faith, knowing that truth. And so you trust him. You trust him that he will bring this to an end, that he will deal with the suffering that you're facing, that he will take care of the evil that strikes your life or the evil that you see out in the world and that breaks your heart. So here's the question. As you face an evil world, and as evil comes and strikes your life, as it certainly will, will you try to figure it out on your own and seek by your wisdom to walk in the midst of an evil world? Or will you walk by faith, knowing that God reigns and that he will eventually bring everything to an end for his glory let's pray together our father